If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good afternoon. Good to be with you. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff. Director Matthew filling in for Tom Lang today. So producing and directing duties. Doubling down. Appreciate you tuning in. Hope you had a good weekend. You didn't, if you were like me, expecting a easy path for Florida State to win. Maybe not in baseball, although I thought they'd win a game. Good Lord, in baseball. But uh, certainly... Thought the softball team, I took it for granted. I did what uh, Lonnie said not to do, right? I took for granted their successes. A stunning turn of events uh, as they fall, and we did talk about that in the first hour. Unfortunately, a team that uh, had dominated. They'd been the story outside of Oklahoma, really, of softball for some time. A, 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 A team that we thought might get back and compete for, have a chance to win maybe a national championship. Uh, it's weird when that happened when they lost to Mississippi State, Matthew. I thought, man, can just nothing go right for Florida State right now? Doesn't it just feel like setback after setback? Like the thing you want to rely upon, um, you know that you like that. I don't know. Is it soccer or softball that I'm most comfortable with? competitively of the FSU sports. Certainly not baseball. Certainly not football. It's not basketball. I don't know enough about diving. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Beach volleyball team's good every year. I know they came up just short and lost to Southern Cal. But like, if at the start of any particular season, if you say to me as a Noah, like, what's something you're pretty sure is going to happen? I'm like, oh, well, the softball team's likely going to win the ACC championship. They've now done it seven of the last eight years. That includes this year. And, uh, you know, they're going to give themselves a chance. They're going to put themselves in a position to, to maybe um, win a national championship. It's going to be tough to overcome Oklahoma, I assume, as much as well about them. But they'll give maybe the soccer team, probably the soccer team. But even that, what ended up happening there 
is that, you know, your three-time national champion coach that you presume will be here for however long, especially when he's given an offer of, uh, you know, more money than any other soccer coach in the country, you, you're like, okay, you know, so uh, they'll, they'll be good. They'll, they'll go to the college cup. The soccer team will be good. Yeah, well, they did. And then he left. Like, okay, well, I don't know. I guess I can't presume anymore about this upcoming season. I know they still got a lot of really good players, and I, I guess if you had to make a change, I like the hire. The guy comes over from Tennessee, did something with nothing. All right, well, I mean, good pedigree, but it's never going to live up to a three-time national champion, a guy that you thought could be the national coach. Kikorian, like, that's big shoes to fill. So then the next would have been softball. You would have just, especially at home, as good as they've been, and you looked at the teams coming here, and you, I mean, listen again, credit to Mississippi State, but they lost 25 games. They were 32 and 25. They weren't any good. They weren't. And those teams, USF, Mississippi State, I was like, okay, sacrificial lambs rolling in here. He's going to be ass kickings. We're going to be all set. And then, boom. It's devastating. And I think that sentiment was reflected in the ESPN broadcast, not even just our fans or our circle, but they were almost speechless. Yeah, they were stunned. They were stunned. Well, that's what I mean. That's a testament all at once to how successful the program's been, how stunning that upset truly is, is that Lonnie Alameda's teams have been that kind of consistent to where it warrants the the, the speechless, stunning sort of – you know, you could hear uh, there was a there was a, there was a thickness in the air. You could almost sense that they were like, "Well, this is not happening." At least twice in the in the in that bottom of the seventh, the broadcaster said, "Well, we expected this team to, if not at least go to the World Series to compete for the title." Yeah, it's not even about getting beat. It's a, it's that they did get they don't get out there. That 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 was a foregone conclusion. Again, I, I talked about last hour, it, when you get older, you do appreciate things a little bit more because you've been on the wrong end of results enough times that when you win, when you have success, you've probably experienced enough losing to appreciate the winning. But I have to tell you that there are and, – and listen, I mean, we've made assumptions about teams before, about games before. Jacksonville State comes to mind. Uh, Florida State losing that game, I did not think it to be a possibility. And that was a travesty, embarrassing, one of the worst, if not the worst, program losses in the history of Florida State football. And there are a lot of things that had to happen for that to happen. Most of them aren't pretty, and they stain the resume – for Norvell, and it always will, unless he goes on to win a national championship or have elite success over a sustained period of time, there are a lot of people that will never forgive that. And it does stain his resume. It is a problem for him if they don't get this turned around because that is stuck in the minds of many. I'm not going to lie. Me too. That can never happen. That is embarrassing on a lot of levels. Now, those things are such outliers typically that you – you remember where you were. You remember what you said. You remember, you know, what your thoughts were, the exact time that the moment occurs, all of it, right? That's how big an outlier it is. Like, it's fixed in your memory forevermore. Like, you'll be an old man as long as you don't go faulty, you know, telling grandkids, great-grandkids about that game. Like, oh, never take it for granted. You never know. I remember one time. But that's a bad Florida State team. That's a Florida State team that went 5-7. and seven. That's a Florida State team that hasn't had a lot of success. So you're kind of like, well, 
if there's a team that could lose to an inferior foe to that degree, it's one that doesn't have a lot of confidence and is in transition. It's one who hasn't firmly established themselves as championship caliber, even in the conference, right? They can't even come close to winning the Atlantic. So it doesn't, like, that loss is shocking, and it is an outlier, but they've had some tough times around here lately. They haven't exactly been good. And we've had some near misses, or dare I say some close calls with teams that had no business being in games with us late, and that we found a way to pull out where you're like, oh my God, would that have been a blemish? Yeah, when Detroit's going winless in the NFL, you know who they don't qualify as a 50-50 game? The Patriots. Right. 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 The Browns? Maybe so. Maybe. Maybe. Right. So... You can kind of understand it. That's why it's all the more stunning that this softball team lost this weekend the way that they did against that team. That's that, that this this program has had such a run of success, has been so dominating. And again, this program's not Oklahoma, which right now is a team that you assume is going to play for and likely win a national championship. And the reason you assume that is not only the successes um, in, in, in recent years, but the recruiting rankings and if you look at the just the player collection, what they've brought into that program. Like, I don't even have to follow softball recruiting, and I don't. But if, you know, you can look it up. You can see how many of the top players they're bringing in on an annual basis, and that kind of lets you know, well, let's see. You know, two of the last three years, they've been stockpiling the best players in the country. They ought to be pretty good. Florida State's not to that level, but they've been a superpower nationally. You know, you have the national championship run. You have teams that get out there and compete and have a chance to win national championships. So you just assume at home against this group there was no way that this could happen. But it did happen. And, I mean, credit credit to Mississippi State. But that team, you know, all jokes aside, you, you, you say, well, they played really well and they found a way to take it and they deserve it, and they do. But let's not pretend that was a team that was, you know, 40 and 10. I mean, they, they, were 30, they were 32 and 25. So, tough pill to swallow is all I'm getting at. Uh, I, do, I do think, again, in the midst of all of the bitterness and frustration, uh, it is a testament. The reason we're shocked is because Lonnie Alameda and this, this program have ascended to a place where that ought not happen. Where a result like that is absolutely stunning. Far less stunning, for example, than to watch Florida State baseball just take an ass beating at the hands of North Carolina. And the starting pitching, which is what you have to fall back on and believe in uh, in any series, it's what's going to propel Florida State if they have any chance to achieve anything of significance because they don't do a lot else well. So you're going to look at that team and say, oh, well, you know, you're, you're ace, you're, you're one and you're two, give you a chance to Oh, certainly win a game on the road, maybe even two out of three. They still can't find a third starter. All right, well, you know, that's been a bugaboo all season long, but, you you know, whatever it happens. But then when those three starters give up ten runs in ten innings and only ten innings pitched from your starters over three games, well, good God, man. I guess it's um, 
you steal yourself for the postseason now that ACC tournament play begins, and you do so by having zero expectations of success, which means that they'll go win the ACC tournament, right? There you go. We were asked a question uh, about Coach Martin, Mike Martin Jr., and it was last hour. I think David asked the question, when do questions uh, surround him? Oh, I, I don't think that they – I think that's already started. I, I think the second he was hired, that started. Um, you know, I, I, there, were, there was a handful I, – I, I don't know what about percentage I, I would lay out there, but I don't know what that percentage would be. But I, I would say 50-50, I, I don't know, uh, of the fan base that didn't want that hire to begin with. Um, and and if you if you have the kind of season that Florida State just did, where you where you're the nine seed in the ACC tournament, and the standard is the standard. You know, Tom and I talked about this last week. The standard's the standard. He would tell you that. He would absolutely tell you that. Um, you know, he he would tell you that uh, that that's always going to be the standard is to get out to Omaha, and they may. Baseball's a weird game. They could. I don't think they will, but they could. I wouldn't be stunned by it either. But they're playing. Poorly, you had big RPI games in which you could have ensured an opportunity to host, and they've been so much better at home this year than on the road. So you kind of felt like, all right, well, they need to. And and I and Martin Jr. said, Meet said, you know, I I don't think this will be the last time we see these fans. He was talking about the home fans after they took care of Miami and the bats came alive and they won that series two out of three against a good Miami team, and that put them in position. Uh, to play that Florida game and perhaps notch yet another big victory from an RPI standpoint, and then North Carolina, you could have, you don't have to win out of those four games, you don't have to win them all. You could have probably gone two and two, maybe three and one to put yourself in that position, but you lost all four. And in resounding fashion, I might add, up in Chapel Hill, resounding fashion. Those are not real good baseball games. And not a real good indicator of where your where your head's at right here. I mean, I, listen again. A pitcher can control the most important aspect of the game of baseball, uh, and you might not do anything well. Like the statistics may bear that you are average to below average at picking the baseball up. The statistics may tell you that you don't hit for power or average. And that you strike out a lot. <laughs> they, those statistics can tell you a lot about the snapshot of your team. This is what they look like. This is what they are. They don't hit for a lot of power. They strike out a lot. They don't pick up the baseball with any degree of regularity. Uh, but they do this well. They pitch well. Well, when your starters get tattooed and you don't do any of those other things well, yeah, man, you're in real trouble. And that's what this weekend was. It's aggravating as all hell. They're going to have to hope that Parker Messick remembers he's Parker Messick. Hubbard remembers he's Hubbard. Uh, that was a weird outing for him. I mean, you talk just bizarre. Uh, totally lost command. And, you know, I, I mean, I, you lose the first game, and then he goes out there, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I, got, I certainly got to get more than an inning out of um, my co-ace. You know, my, my 1B, if you want to say the other's 1A, whatever. I mean, that has to be it. 
Doesn't happen. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hamilton Home Loans. Give him a call today, F, uh, 844-FSU-LOAN or FSUHomeLoans.com if you want to look him up, FSUHomeLoans.com. Short segment here. You and I are both huge Tiger fans. Man, that was tough. I don't know if I need to see that again. It's strange, too, because he had well, the same limp coming up 18 at Augusta, but this was so much more pronounced, so much, I mean, obviously so much more that he had to withdraw, but it was almost sad watching him out there. Um, I think it was very sad to watch him out there. I, I think for him to withdraw is the scariest part because he didn't play well at Augusta. He made the cut, and we were pretty happy about that. But by the time he walked up 18 at Augusta National, it was more about tipping the cap for the intestinal fortitude, the toughness, the willingness to go out there without your best stuff, to give it a go. Uh, you know, Most fans would tell you that, let's just say at the end of Jack's career, when he wasn't going to win, they were still thankful to see him out there. They still enjoyed watching him play. And he could throw up a 77 and a 74, not be around for the weekend. You're like, at least I got to see Jack. I mean, he's a living legend. It's amazing, you know, and he was always, I, I think, you know, affable and gave back to the sport and gave back to the fans. And so with Tiger, when, when that happened at Augusta to where he just wanted to see if he could compete, made the cut, which is really admirable when you consider the amount of people that didn't make the cut. That's true of this tournament too, by the way. If you rattle off the names of the superstars that did not make the cut this weekend, it is a bit of a minor miracle that a guy in that much pain with the inability to push off his back leg could still make the cut. That's a, a testament to the savvy, to the toughness, to the mental, and to the skill. It's all there, right? But, but to see it on Saturday play out the way that it did. And I think a lot of that might have had to do with the fact that it got cold. I don't know. But he was, for him, one, okay, so no matter if you are somebody who, who who is a detractor of Tiger or somebody that is a fan or somewhere in between, one thing that you cannot deny is that that guy is, uh, I mean, competitive in an unhealthy way. And he's certainly always done the interview. Always done the interview, right? Wouldn't do the interview. That's never, I mean, 99.9% .9 of the time he's doing the interview, good, bad, or otherwise. He'll be a pro. And I'm not saying he was unprofessional. I think he was in that much pain. I think he needed to go get treatment immediately. And he even said, please, sorry, I got, you know. Well, what are we doing? Because at the start of the week, the whole thought was that he was healthier, that he had gotten stronger since Augusta. He said it, or hinted at it. The the When you watched his practice rounds or even his Thursday round, you got a sense of, Okay, well, he's not playing great, but he doesn't look to be in as much agony. Man, that is, I don't know, that does not bode well. It makes a little more sense, too. The other didn't. When he was, when he was decent at, a, you know, at the Masters, you're like, well, that is inexplicable. They almost had to amputate the leg. This makes more sense. This seems more commiserate with the extent of the injury that we've read about. But it's also uh, unsettling in that, you know, golf is at a point now where it's going to have to reckon with the fact that Tiger Woods is maybe no more. And, you know, I mean, we kind of view him as a Superman, and we keep saying, well, he'll come back, he'll come back. And, and there's part of me that thinks he still will. In certain courses, he will come back. But I don't know anymore that, I, that this isn't like 2019. This, this, is, this is different. 
I'm not sure he comes back from this uh, in, in a way that is recognizable to where he's in contention on a Sunday or you have a belief that he could somehow surprise us with one more magic moment, you know, the way that Jack did in 86 in his 40s. You know, Jack wasn't dealing with injuries, uh, not, not, not to the extent that we're talking about here. I don't know that that's in there. And I kind of was of the mindset and of the ilk of, uh, he'll come back, he'll, it'll happen. I'm not so sure, man. That, that was tough to watch. Irashfell, Warchant.com, going to join us next. Stay tuned. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center, online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Let's make our way over. Let's talk to the man... Irashfellwarchant.com, the website. He joins us most every Monday, this one included. That's always a good thing. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm great, Jeff. How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm curious. You want to start with the stunning turn of events with softball and the exit there or the uh, asinine way in which the baseball team concluded the season with four straight losses, three of which were uh, beatdowns at the hands of UNC. Where do you want to begin? Which positive note do you want to go with there, huh? Lots of good options, buddy. Lots of good <laughs> options. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start with softball if that works. All right. Well, I, I've tried to put this in proper context. I mean, I think it's pretty easy. You can read Corey's piece on Warchant.com. Of course, everybody knows how successful this program has been, how great they were uh, this season. Um, you, you never in a million years uh, thought this team would lose at home uh, to this collection. Uh, you didn't think that, um, you know, you have you, you finished the season with, uh, what, 54 wins. Uh, you, you were 49-5 and five in the regular season, uh, highest winning percentage in a regular season in school history. You have all that experience, all that talent, and then that happens, and it's a reminder not to take things for granted. That is a brutal kick to the stomach for a program that I think we all just assumed would at least make a run at a national championship uh, or, or at least get there to compete with Oklahoma. Yeah, it just, you know, obviously it just thinks for, especially for the team, but, you know, you think about, you know, when you look at it from the big picture, and I think Corey touched on it some, you know, this this wasn't a team that was just blowing people out for 54 wins. I mean, right. a lot of those games were, you know, last at bats, comebacks, dramatic wins, um, you know, just some improbable things happened. Uh, during the course of some of those wins, and so, so from a from a standpoint of a somebody who's watched a lot of sports, like you or me or most of the people listening to this, you kind of know sometimes that you know the, the game just does it to you, where things either level out or if you've been benefiting from something for a long time, maybe something comes back against you. And I really felt like watching those two games yesterday; it just felt like all of that was coming back in one day because I mean they could not get a break. I mean they get a yeah. runner on. They get a runner on. Somebody would crush a home run foul. Uh, they, you know, there was a late. In the, you know, is one of the last innings um, in the second game. You know, it's I think when they're down one, the leadoff batter, is, you know, is ahead three and zero in the count. Next pitch is way outside of the zone. It should be a walk, but the umpire calls it a strike because sometimes they just get. I don't know why they just think they're going to call anything a strike on a three and zero pitch. Sometimes. Well, then now she fouls off the next one, and then she ends up. You know, getting out. So it just mm-hmm. it just seemed like it was one of those things every inning. And and meanwhile, Mississippi State, when they got opportunities, they cashed in on them. And, and it just it was just one of those days. But it's it's um 
it's frustrating, um, obviously, because you do think in the in the you know the grand picture, Florida State is one of the best teams in the country. They should be a team that was playing next week in the Super Regionals and moving on. But uh, you know, as Corey also mentioned in his column, you know, it, it, it goes both ways. Florida State in 2019 baseball should not have made it to as far as they made it to Omaha, but they did. They upset Georgia. They upset LSU. This FSU team last year made it to the championship round. Nobody thought that was a team that was going to go to the championship round. It's just, it's kind of the nature of sports. It just really stinks what happens to a team that you follow and you, and you, and you know how hard and how well those kids have played all year. Yeah. And, and here's the thing I agree. This was not like vintage Florida State softball in the sense that there have been better teams along the way that have gone on to have great success, including the national championship. But, but this wasn't that team. But, that said, we certainly didn't expect them to lose in this round to this group. You know, that's a 25-loss Mississippi State team. That's, that is hard to wrap your mind around. And it's not to me – I'm not trying to pile on. It just makes it tough to stomach. I feel so bad for those girls because they're better than that. That's just a bad day at the office, and it's the wrong time to have it. Yeah, and the, and the first game to me was probably more frustrating because I just felt like, the, you know, the, the pitcher for Mississippi State was throwing a lot of junk and – the FSU kids were just so far out in front of everything. I mean, they must have hit, I don't know, of the of the 21 outs, I have to think 15 of them were weak pop-ups mm-hmm. uh, where they just could not, um, you know, just could not stay disciplined. They had a hard time picking it up off that pitcher. And it's like, okay, maybe game two is going to be different. And then they jump out, they get the two-run lead, and then they push the 3-1. And yeah. Like, okay, they're going to they're gonna push this through. And then, you know, just one really tough inning where you get a couple runners on base, bring back in Sandercock, and – I mean, it's just that, you know, I don't know. I don't know who you feel worse for. Sidney Sherrill, do you feel worse for, you know, Captain Sandercock who had one loss all season? And loses one, twice in one day? And then gets two losses <laughs> on one day? Yeah, brutal. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's just that's that, that. And then seeing their reaction on the field and then obviously in the press conference, I mean, you just really hurt, hurt for them for sure. That's a tough press conference to watch. Um, Lonnie is all class as always and, Gave credit where credit's due, and refused to make the umpires the story, and all of those things. But man, that's tough they, to watch. They were ter- those umpires were terrible, though. I thought, I thought, it, yeah, it, it was a rough both games. I thought the strike zone was not in Florida State's favor. I didn't, you know. Again, I mean, she's not going to cite the umpires. You know, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm never afraid to hide from, it, but you know, to, to get involved there. The overturning <laughs> that call in the seventh inning was crazy. Crazy. Um, I mean, you know, again, if you would have called it, they would have called. If the other way on the field, they would have called her out on the field and said, "Hey, we don't have enough to reverse it." That would have been one thing, but to overturn it based on those replays, and it just but it just seemed like par for the course where everything kind of went against them. Yeah, they have not figured out both in college baseball and in softball the uh, review system. They have not figured out how to properly utilize uh, replay. Uh, I wa- it happens all year long in baseball when you watch college baseball. You're like, well, I don't even know why they bother to review anything. Uh, and, and it was kind of you know fitting to some degree, or I guess just. Kind of, you know, last year when they started talking about bringing replay into the game, and a lot of media assumed like all the coaches be for it. Now, from what I remember, Alani Alameda was not a big fan of it. She thinks the, the game is great the way it is. She wasn't in favor of maybe necessarily jumping into it, and then you know it ended up kind of costing her in a big moment. I've grown over the years to agree with her and others. Man, uh, the more I see it, and the inability to execute what I think should be straightforward and simple, but isn't. I, I'm more and more I'm in favor because of the incompetence of saying, no, we don't need it. Because if we're going to have it and you can't get it right, uh, then why have it? What's the point? You're just delaying games and it's annoying. It's actually in a weird way more frustrating because I think for those of us who grew up where human error 
uh, was an element of the game and you understood that it could happen, while that made you mad sometimes, you kind of understood it. You, these, you know, they're human beings and the game's played right. fast, whatever. You kind of understood it. This, this makes me angrier when I watch people look at something 15 times over, delay a game, and then screw it up. Still, I can't. I no, I can't do that. Let's go to baseball. I have no earthly idea how they'll play in the ACC tournament this week. I just know that that is a colossal, colossal face plant over these last four games. And what's frustrating to me is at the end of the year here, when you really kind of assess this baseball team. Now they're not even getting really good starting pitching here late, which is really troubling because that was the one thing you could rely on. I just don't understand. I'll have to go back and pinpoint the number, and I will because it's, gonna, it's bothering me. When did this program stop picking up the baseball and doing anything right in the field? I mean, it's been a number of years now, right? I, they, they, they suck yeah. defensively. They suck. Yeah, no, it, it's, it has been a number of years. Um, and it's unfortunate because, again, that was, that was one of the hallmarks of uh, you know, FSU's teams you know, during the, the great years. Uh, they were always, you know, especially – in the infield, they would be great. Mike Martin, Mike Martin Senior would coach the infield. Yes, and, uh, they were they were very good. Um, but no, it has been several years, and uh, yeah, that week was really disappointing. On the other side of it, you know what happened to the softball team is what you got to point to if you're Mike Martin Junior and that staff and say, look, man, Mississippi State, nobody would have thought they could do what they did, and you know they went into a, a, you know a Tallahassee where Florida State hadn't lost in nine years uh, in a regional game, hadn't lost one regional game in nine years, and then swept them. Uh, two games on elimination uh, Sunday, so you know that's for your, if you're Mike Martin Jr. Say, look, man, there's still a lot for us to play for, and if we win a couple of these games, at least put ourselves in, a, in as good a position possible in a regional to maybe have a chance to sneak through and, and, and get to the next get to the next game. As bad as we played last week, it can turn around this week. So um, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they won a couple of these games in the AC tournament. I agree, uh, but but man, it, that but that week. To, to your point, they had a chance to really solidify themselves as a regional host, and they just, which would have been huge for a team that's pretty good on the road or pretty good at home and terrible on the road. Instead, they went and just completely collapsed, and now they'll likely be on the road the rest of the way. Yeah, you wrote about it, Ira. You, you talked about how good they've been at home and how bad they've been on the road, but they're starting to hit some markers here that, that are disconcerting. I mean, ninth in the ACC is garbage. Uh, the the amount of losses uh, on the year, it's it's just it seems foreign here. That's hard to look at. People are edgy and uh, and not feeling really good about where FSU baseball is at right now. One final thing before I let you go. Uh, obviously, we know that uh, Dimitri Emanuel was uh, on campus and uh, or is, is certainly rumored to be on campus. I, I don't know if that was confirmed at the start of the show or not. I, I'd seen a couple places. Um, and I know I know Michael Langston was talking about it. So he, he's here. He's the offensive lineman from Charlotte is the point. Uh, do we feel good about this? Do you know? I think they do. Yeah, from what I understand, I think they feel really good about it. Um, you know, and I, I I wouldn't be shocked if if he doesn't take another visit. We'll see. Um, and you know, I you know the nice thing about him is he, he has started a lot of college football games over the last three years. Uh, whether or not he wins a starting job is debatable, but it would be a great to have another depth piece. Yeah, a guy that's played a lot of college football, so uh, he would be a huge addition. And and it sounds like from what Michael's reported, they've got a junior college offensive lineman who might be visiting as well. So, uh, you know, there might be more help on the way uh, for that offensive line. Yeah, you would think with the Atkins relationship there at Charlotte, you'd like to believe that they have the edge. We don't know. We'll find out. But uh, looking for depth pieces there, we all know that the offensive line gets banged up, and Demetri Emanuel seems like a kid that could provide that depth because, as you noted correctly, Ira, he's played a ton, and he's also played a bunch of different positions on the offensive line. So that's important, too. Always good, brother. I'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks, FC, man. All right, be good. That's uh, Irashfell, warchant.com. Uh, yeah, again, this is a kid that, in Dimitri Emmanuel, uh, that has played uh, guard and tackle. Uh, I think he's even had a starter two at center. So he's a guy that uh, can come in and, and provide experience, provide backup. If you look at his, listen, the, the whatever evaluation you want to make of him, it's 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 difficult when a guy's at Charlotte uh, to necessarily see how a player translates to the Power Five level uh, and how well he'll do. Uh, but I I do think that. From what I can see and from what he's done in his career up to this point, he does serve as a decent uh, backup option. Um, probably not a guy you necessarily want to start. Who knows? Again, though, I've said this before. It happened with Bless Harris. I thought they were bringing him in primarily to be a backup. And then what he showed in spring, I thought he looked like one of the five that should be starting. And it feels like he's probably going to. So, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but it feels like it. And if that's the case, then I guess, you know, again, it makes me sad on the one hand. On the other hand, it would be that he's completely necessary. Uh, maybe Dimitri Emanuel comes, Emmanuel comes in here and, and is one of the better guys and, and does get a start. And then, uh, you, you, you know, then you would have found two transfer portal starters in the span of a year. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at fsuhomeloans.com. You know, something to mention here. Uh, regarding Florida State baseball, and we were talking about it a little bit there, about the season that they've had, the disappointing season they've had. And we'll see. I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, it all, in a weird way, if you play the results game, it can get undone if they get out to Omaha. If you if you get out to Omaha, all of a sudden, you know, NC State brought up in the chat, I think it was Live Spectator, pointed out that they were terrible last year and they made it out to Omaha. It does happen. I mean, that Florida State team that won – and Baton Rouge was not a great team and, and took it out to Omaha, and I watched that happen in person, couldn't believe it. So stranger things have happened. They could do it. The, the problem is, and I know they're, they're having to retool this roster, it, I think it's a deadly combination when you don't have offensively a lot of talent, and they don't. They're not a very talented team. There's a couple kids here that I really like, but only a couple. And... They don't do the other things right. So it's a pretty deadly combination when you don't have a depth of talent. You don't you don't play well defensively. They don't run the base as well. Um, you know, you're solely reliant basically on your, your two aces at the top. If they don't pitch well, it's, you know, I know that's true of a lot of teams. You can say, like, 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 you don't get good starting pitching. But it's not like Florida State offensively is, you know, a, a team that's going to light it up where you can overcome an off day. You know, this isn't a team that provides the fireworks. They don't hit for power at all. So, you know, if you strike out a ton and you don't hit for a lot of power, that's an ugly look. I mean, I'll live with some of the strikeouts if you're going to if you're gonna be amongst the, the, the league's leaders in home runs. If you're going to be one of the best in the league and hitting hitting the ball to the ballpark, it's not my favorite style of play, but you can live with it. 
you sit around and wait for the three-run homer, the old Earl Weaver style of baseball. You're kind of like, all right, well, they're going to feast and famine with the long ball. It's not ideal, but at least we know why they're striking out. And they strike out a lot and they don't hit for power. So that ain't good. In the pros, you can be John Carlos Stanton and make $300 million for what you do. But if you don't hit all those home runs, <laughs> yeah. you're out of the league. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to be able to. So it's it's, and I think the other hard part for people, uh, there's some guys that have gone backwards this season. I think that's true. They have, um, guys that I think we thought would be better this year that aren't, and that adds to it because when that happens, you know, at some point, I understand where people will point to coaching and say, "Why is that happening?" You know, now, baseball lends itself to that more than almost any other sport. You, you don't see too many top-flight quarterbacks play at a really high level and then turn around and suck the next year. It's pretty rare. But you do occasionally see in baseball kids trending or guys trending in a direction and then have get off to, like say, a bad start and fall to pieces. It, it, it's a sport of failure, immense failure. So I, I sometimes you see that. But, well, I'll tell you what, it's uh, awfully frustrating. Let's uh, do some probable, shall we? Fire it up. It's time for... How you say with the pitching uh, probables? Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Yeah, let's see if the Pirates can try to keep it within 14 tonight. Yeah, you know, it's one thing you're down 13 to nothing at the top of the ninth, and then you got to give up a five spot. Come on, guys. 13 to nothing, really. We were down 13 to nothing the other day against the Cardinals and uh, gave up five in the ninth. We did answer back with a big four spot of our own in the bottom of the ninth. You know, that just seems unnecessary, and I think I would throw at a Cardinal. <laughs> I mean, they weren't stealing bases, man. <laughs> I don't care. We can't get anybody out. <laughs> Take that pitch down the heart. Uh, it's 13-0. Uh, we don't need a grand slam. <laughs> Rockies, Pirates, Chad Cool, former Bucko, performed admirably for Colorado. Of course he has. JT Brubaker, who's not any good. Cubs, Reds, Drew Smiley, Vladimir Gutierrez. Dodgers, Nats, Tyler Anderson, John Adam. Orioles, Yankees, Jordan Lyles, former Pirate, Garrett Cole, former Pirate. <laughs> They're everywhere. One of those guys is really good. The other one is not. <laughs> Phillies, Braves, Zach Wheeler, Tucker Davidson, Tigers, Twins, Bo Brisky, and Chris Archer, who's somehow still in the league. Blue Jays, Cardinals, Jose Barrios, Miles Mikolas. Yes. Hey, Nailed it. Yeah, well done. Guardians TBD, Luis Garcia goes for the Strohs. Royals, D-backs, Zach Grinke versus Zach Davies. I think this is the second time we've had the Zachs this year. A's, Mariners, Zach Logue. What the hell is going on here? Zach Logu, Marco Gonzalez. Brewers, Padres, Adrian Hauser, Nick Martinez, Mets, Giants, David Peterson, Alex Cobb. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. <laughs> uh, um, 
By the way, really quick, noted, uh, who's my favorite Expo player, Eric? Ooh, from back in the day, uh, well, Pedro Martinez. But I would also argue that team had a lot of people that I liked. Tim Raines, high on my list of players, uh, Rock Raines, I loved. Uh, Larry Walker was on that 94 team, good player. That team was loaded. That was, fun. that was a fun team. Probably would have won the whole thing if the strike hadn't happened. I didn't see a lot of his Expos career, but he was playing with the Braves at the time I was really getting into baseball. But I loved Andres Galarraga for some reason. Yeah, he was a good player. Gary Carter was on that team. I mean, it goes back a long ways. Uh, it was a Expos. Uh, by the way, so a bunch of people ask where I got this hat. I've had this hat for like two years now, and I would lost it. Sometimes it's the little things in your day, Matthew. I got home from Tampa last night and uh, was putting my bag away, taking the dirty clothes out, throwing them in the dirty laundry, getting things organized before I went to bed. And I moved some stuff around, and I looked over, and I went, there's my exposed cap. Damn it, man. How did you fall back here behind the suitcase? But he had. He had fallen back there behind the suitcase, and I snatched him up, and I was like, get your wrinkly ass over here. Going on the counter, so uh, yeah, no, I, I I like that. I always liked the uh, the logo, and I always uh, appreciated that team. Uh, so you know, do you have or have you ever had like a favorite hat? My pirates hat that I wear a lot. You see me wear a lot. It's very comfortable. I love that hat. I've got the black lightning hat that I wear in excess. Uh, that I think is very comfortable. Uh, I had a favorite hat that I had to retire this year. It broke my heart. I don't know how it got stretched out by my fat head, but it did. I It got a little loosey around the sides. I can't stand that. You can't have all that looseness. And it was a fitted cap, so once it goes, the elasticity goes, there's nothing you can do. I mean, it, 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 what am I going to do? I tried to wash it even. It didn't work. I was like, man. So that I had a favorite hat, but it, it was uh, the black clover one that I wore for a while there, and it's gone. It's just gone. That hat was awesome. I'm going to get another one, but I don't trust them. You know, the live lucky, I don't, I don't trust them anymore. I'm like, man, this is, I tried, I, I, I spent good money on this hat. Not, no, pirate's cap, my, uh, my, my lightning cap, and then I've got an FSU cap that's a golf, a Titleist Garnet and Gold FS, FS on the side that's very comfortable that I wear to play golf sometimes. That's a, that's a comfortable one. Speaking of which, that was one success. We should note that the, the men and women did very, very well uh, on the links, and that's, uh, that, you know, that I'm happy about. Because uh, now that's a chance for us to possibly watch them at the end of the year. You know, Golf Channel has done a really good job with coverage um, of college golf. And I know it's very niche. And a lot of you guys are like, dude, I am not going to watch you talk about college golf. Got it. But I like it. And I'm friends with the coach, so I'm going to pay attention to it. Uh, and that's the way that works. And they played well. And maybe they'll both men and women will continue to play well. And the next thing you know, there we go. All right. Great job out of you, Director Matthew. I know you had to do both duties today in producing and uh, and directing. Appreciate your hard work. Appreciate all of you guys. And uh, hopefully it's less depressing tomorrow. We won't be talking about losses in excess. Nothing to lose tonight, man. Nothing, nothing for FSU to lose tonight, right? That'll be good. Good work out of you. Be well, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. <laughs>